Hey guys, welcome back to The Playbook for our weekly NRL episode. We're back with our superstar co-host, our Coey, Sammy J. How are you? Hello, I'm good. It's good to be back. I missed you last week. Yeah, all our, all our fans and listeners and followers would have been spewing just hearing my voice last week, so good I'm, to have you back. I'm back, guys. She's back, all right. How'd you go in the footy tipping this week? Six from eight. Same as me, not bad. Six from eight. A few, few upsets, but let's hit the intro and let's get into it. Coming in at six foot four, number one, Paddy's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Paddy, and welcome to Paddy's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram at Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, let's dive into our NRL hot topics and news of the week. Yeah, awesome. Let's get into it. Firstly, I'd just like to give a shout out to Latrell Mitchell and his leadership. After he reported abuse from online trolls and pol- to police and urged other NRL players to come forward and do the same. Look, it's 2021. There is absolutely zero tolerance for racial abuse. And I'm really glad that Latrell is taking a stand and calling out these people on his platform. He also made a point that the players are tired of being called out by fans who have gambled on them. Latrell said, don't spend your money if you don't want to lose it. And I totally agree with him. We talk about our tips each and every week. For the next round of NRL, we paid a small amount of money, $10 to be exact, to take part in a tipping competition with our friends. It's all a bit of fun. And yet there are people out there gambling their whole week's pay on games and players and then blaming them when they lose. It fucking infuriates me. And I'm totally with Latrell. No one gives a fuck about your multi. All right, ran over. Patty, our judiciary system. There are inconsistencies in shoulder charges and high tackles. Let's unpack this. So I've got steam coming out of my ears. I have steam coming out of my ears right now. And quite simply, I've had a fucking gutful. I've had a fucking gutful. So the inconsistency is doing my head in. In the MRC, the match review committee and the officiating is just, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around it. Go from one extreme to the other, up and down. I didn't get a chance to rant last week about this. But in round six last week, You've got Bulldogs Jack Hetherington get sent off from the field during the match and suspended for five games. Swinging arm to the head, I totally understand. Then we've got Roosters Victor Radley. He's, during the match, once again, head high on Cameron Munster. There wasn't much in that, but you've made contact to the head. He's sin bin during the game and does not miss a game. Does not get any suspension. Can I interrupt for a minute? Interrupt. Jack Hetherington, though, it's consistently, consistent, consistent, yeah. consistent. Bloody He's oath. always getting penalties. Bloody oath. He deserved that send-off. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I'm talking about consistency here for the fans. So we go to Victor Radley. He's clipped ahead of Munster. It's not as bad. Mm. But, but are you comparing Jack Hetherington no, to Victor no, Radley? No, 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 no. I'm talking about consistency. So we've gone from Jack Hetherington, if you just let me finish, to Victor Radley, who's made contact with the head, put in the sin bin, yeah. doesn't miss a game. Then we go to the Panthers' centre, Paul Momorowski, he does a high tackle. He clips the shoulders up to the head. Should have been a penalty. In the game, was not penalised. Yeah. Then he misses three games. Where the fuck is the consistency? I get that. Victor Where Rad- is it? Where I, is it? I get that. I totally am with you with the Momorowski and the Radley thing. But sorry, Jack Hetherington needs to be penalised. I've got no issues with him. I've got no issues with him. But the consistency from him 
to players that again sin binned or not penalised to missing games to missing games. It's it's all over the fucking shop. It it's is. all over the shop, and I've had a gut full. So I just don't understand it. You've got Victor Radley doing that, not missing a game, and then Latrell Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell missing four games. It's all over the shop. So then we look to this round. Dragons wingers, Ravalawa and Pereira. They're both going to miss games on the sideline for a legal tackle, shoulder charge, swinging arm. James Tedesco gets knocked out, gets put in a HIA, fails his HIA, is, un- is unable to return this week during the Anzac test. And Pereira gets put in the sin bin. I totally understand that. But where is Pereira meant to go? I know he's coming for swinging arm. The fist is closed. And it's dangerous and reckless, you could say. But I've just they're all over the shop. I just don't understand where they're going. And then you've got the Sharks game on the weekend. CSE for Talakai is likely to miss four to six weeks for a shoulder charge. When he, got, he hit him cl- clean in the sternum. And the ref didn't even see this. The touchy in the ref had no fucking idea what was going on because the game and the play went on three or four tackles up the field and then the Bulldogs doctor or um, trainer raves the referee, all right, we've got a HIA, can you stop the game? He stops the game. They go back, they look, oh, shit, shoulder charge, 10 in the bin. I've got no issues with the 10 in the bin, but the ref can't even fucking see what's going on. Where is the consistency? I don't want to be a ref bag and I'm not bagging the refs because the players cop criticism, the referees have to cop criticism as well. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion for the rest, this is the easiest time to be refing. I know the game's gone quicker, but you've got Big Brother up there, the bunker above you, a multi-million dollar system to overlook you and help you. Mm. And you've brought, you've brought in systems for the captain's challenge. So if you do suffer, which it's bound to happen, if I go into a referee, I'm going to make so many errors. I'm not, I'm not bagging these guys. They do a fantastic job. And they've got the hardest job probably in the NRL. Anyway, and I just don't, I just don't see the consistency. It's doing my head in. So then we move to the match review committee. I think that's where the issue lies. And officiating as well. There's parts of it. There's parts of it. Because we're talking officiating. You talk Sunday night, Anzac Day clash, Melbourne Storm, New Zealand Warriors. You've got young back row Josh Curran getting put in the bin, 10 in the bin, sin bin, for a clash. There's no swinging arm. It's an accidental head clash. Let's say accidental shoulder to the head, which is, it's not even that. It's just a head clash. Mm. He gets put in the bin. After that game, commentators... People around the ground at Melbourne don't even know what he fucking did wrong. There's no explanation. Mm-hmm. It just infuriates me. And what happened later on at the match committee? Did he get charged? Well, we're going to find out. He fucking probably won't get it. Oh, just does my head in. Nothing's going to I bet you he doesn't get a flick on the wrist. Like, oh my God, I'm steaming right now. Would you like to change the topic? No, or are you still- no, no. <laughs> all right. All fans are asking for is consistency. That's all we want. That's all so fans you, want. What do you think need to, needs to change? The match review committee. I understand, I understand how it works. It's legalised by lawyers. The rules, are, the rules of what is this and what is that, like a shoulder charge, there's a definition there. But every single year and every single, even throughout the year, they change rules and they change the wording of it. It's all through legal side and lawyers. I totally understand that they're adjusting. I've just had a gutful. It needs a rehaul. It needs just consistency. And you know the main thing about this? Because I'm the first person to put my hand up and say I'm all there for the player welfare because it's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. You get that without the players, without these superstar NRL talents and players, we don't have a game. Without the players, then the fans are the next most important thing in my opinion. Without the players, we don't have a game. And the biggest thing I'm worried about is a state of origin game, a preliminary final, a grand final, someone missing out on the biggest stage, the biggest moment of their career, just from some fucking bullshit. Mm. Just for some bullshit, inconsistent bullshit. 
Yeah. Sorry for my language, but I'm fucking fuming. I'm fuming. <laughs> I've had a gutful, and I just... Oh, I'm over it. All I want is consistency. I'm going to leave it at that, guys. Sorry for that. I just... Whew. Call the fire brigade. Paddy's on fire. I feel better. I've just got that out of the system. So let's move on to some positivity. Let's... Let's see if we actually have some positivity. All right. I think you're going to be seeing red about this, too. The Cowboys have signed Tom Dearden on a three-year deal from 2022 onwards. I like this bloke. Tom Dearden, I like him as a player. Great young talent coming through. He needs to get the hell out of Brisbane. He's done the right decision because that's a shit show up there. Move to the Cowboys, but I don't understand the signing. I think he's a great player, but they've just gone and signed Chad Townsend, who's proved himself. He's a premiership winning halfback, and Tom Dearden is a similar type of player. I don't know where you're going to go with that combination. I don't know. Tom Dearden plays six, Townsend seven. I just don't think they complement each other. How do you know if they've never played together? Exactly. I'm making the call now. On this podcast, I make big calls if I'm wrong which quite frankly, often I am. I'll put my <laughs> hand up. I will put my hand up and say I'm wrong. But personally, I don't, I don't see the combination working here. They're similar players. We're yet to find out. Yeah. 2022, watch this space. Okay, there's a bit of drama going on at the West Tigers. The Tigers have actually denied that Michael Maguire is being sacked. Yeah, he's not. They're not saying he's being sacked, but the, the Tigers have quite frankly come out apparently and said, there's a bit of pressure on him, mm-hmm. which I think personally is a load of bullshit. I don't reckon they've tapped Madge on the shoulder and said, mate, pick it up. You've got this many games to fix it or you've got to finish above this position on the ladder. I think this is utter nonsense. I think this is the West Tigers that is run extremely poorly, putting a bit of pressure on Madge because they know if shit turns real bad, shit turns sour, they can flick him. They've already put that ammunition. They've already... They've already put, loaded the gun and the ammunition's there. Everyone R- can see it. Rumours from up there. Exactly. Yeah. So they're just coming out to say this to save them. So if shit does go bad, down south real quick, oh, we've, we've warned you three or four weeks ago. Unfortunately, you've got to go, mate. Mm. It's just saving their ass. It's, yeah. saving, the, it's saving the board. That's, in, that's my opinion. I think it's a load of crap. Yeah, me too. Alrighty, and Matty Burton has confirmed he is fully committed to the Bulldogs next year. Sad, sad day for us as Panthers fans, however, very happy for both Matt and Trent Barrett. This will be a fantastic signing for the Dogs, but I'm going to have to be honest with you. I think the backflip is still on the cards. The backflip is still on the cards. He's not going to come out in the media and say, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about changing. Yeah, this, that. I think it's still on the cards. Penner throw a deal at him. He'll take it and run. Not run, but it's obviously not good. I think he's going to be on five to 600 at the doggies, big money. But my understanding is it's only a two-year deal. What happens if Penrith can say, we can offer you a two-year deal for 400 mm. less? You're going to be at a club that's going to be in the top four for the next how many years, in my opinion? Yeah. I, I, I hope he's come out and honoured. I've signed the contract. I'm willing to go. And I think he will do that. But I'm saying it's not over yet. Depends, I think he could it, backflip. It depends what position he wants to play, though, because... He wants to be a six. He's a gun six. He's not going to be a gun six. With, as, so long as Jerome Luai is there, he's not going to be a six. 100%. He'll be in the centres. It depends on what position he wants to play, in my opinion. That's what it will come down to. Okay. And then so many teams do this so... Or so many players do this so well for Melbourne, etc. They're happy to take pay cuts to stay at Melbourne. And in the long run, they get the big deal. Yeah. So look at players like Kevin Proctor... He took a pay cut and stayed with Melbourne for a few extra years. Bam, goes to the Gold Coast. Snap him up. Huge money. I know, but... Tohu Harris does the same. So I'm saying, if the option was there, Burton, in my opinion, would take the pay cut to stay at Penrith for longer, knowing... Imagine being in a grand final next year or two, winning a comp potential, being playing incredibly in the centres, knowing you're a gun six. Imagine winning a comp in two years' time. Oh, this bloke's a gun. Oh, mate, 800. Yeah. In the long run... If you take, the, you take the pay cut early, you take the, 
the safe option early, in the long run, in my opinion, so many times it rewards you. I agree. I definitely agree with that. But in what, what I'm thinking is that if he wants to play six, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai and Matty Burton are roughly the same age. They've all got long careers ahead of them. Yeah. He won't be playing the six for Penrith. I agree. I agree with what you're going with. I agree. So if he wants to play that, he, he does. will have he does. to do it elsewhere. I agree. I think he's going to play for the Bulldogs. I'm not saying that. But all I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, I think the backflip is still a possibility. It's Don't on, rule it out. It's on the cards. It's on the cards. And I would not be surprised. So in a, if a, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's stop talking shit. Let's stop talking shit. Let's get into our Anzac Day round seven. So we had the Thursday night round seven starter. Panthers defeat the Knights 24-6. The Knights fought hard in this one, but Penrith were just in control and grinded this match out. Simple as that. Big call, but roughly over my last 20 years of watching NRL, being a fan, week in, week out, loving this sport, loving this code, I have never seen such a dominant team throughout a seasons. Penrith have now won 24 of their last 25 matches. Bing, bing, no biggie here. They lost the grand final, the, mo- the match that mattered the most. Don't get me wrong, I understand that. But in my opinion, it's honestly ridiculous. They've won 22 straight regular season matches. It's pretty much a full season going undefeated. Mm. I'm pumping their tires up right now. I understand that. But there's still a long season ahead. Injuries and whatnot can come into it. Touch wood. Anything can happen. But in my opinion, if they don't win a premiership in the next year, two to three years, it's a failure. Yeah. So I've just never seen such a dominant team. Like, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, yeah. Knights. They were tough, but Penrith just cruised through, in my opinion, so we move on. Let's move into Friday. So, Rabbitohs defeat the Gold Coast Titans 40-30. to 30. What a game this was. David Fafita. <laughs> David Fafita. I've said this too many times, guys. He is the most damaging edge back rower in the competition, and he's officially a DDS. We're talking about a dominant dick slinger. This bloke is on fire. So, this is the second time in three weeks. He scored a first half hat trick and the Titans were leading 24-10 at half time. They were in the box seat and unfortunately they couldn't control possession early on. And South Sydney, I've said it a million times, when they hold that ball, they've got the best attack in the competition. Yep. They didn't have Latrell and Benji Marshall just dominated. He was on fire. Two tries, one line break, three line break assists. Just He's 37. He's this th- bloke's 37. 36, I think. 36, I'm wrong. 36. It's insane. Oh, speechless. So, yeah, Bunny's attack just prevails in the end. They, they, they scratch home, so we move on. Yep, move on to Eels defeating the Broncos 46-6. to six. Uh, The Eels cruised through this match, in my opinion. It was very hot and humid up there in Darwin. But Brisbane won't be winning many games, completing at 66%. Mm-mm. You've just put a spear in your foot and you're unable to move. It's... It's tough times for the Broncos. I don't really have much, much else to say for them. Asai Papalihi for the Eels. Great buy. Continues to thrive for the Parramatta side. I think we move on. It was a pretty, not the, not the best game to watch. Eels cruise through. They weren't even that good, their performance, but they just dominated. Yeah. They, they weren't good and they won by 40. How else can you say it? So. Yeah, so Saturday, Bulldogs get their first win for the year against the Sharks, 18-12. to 12. Dogs of war, baby. I've got a few Doggies fans out there. Dogs of war. Big Pope. You hear me loud and clear, brother. <laughs> they get their first win of 2021. Absolutely incredible. I'll say this week in, week out. They grind and fight hard every game for 80 minutes. They don't back down. Yeah. 
And they I'm work just, hard. You they can work see hard. that. They yeah. work hard. And, and even in Trent Barrett's pre- press conference, you know, he was getting emotional and those sorts of things because of how hard they worked. 100%. And yeah, they deserved that win. 100%. Good on them. They finally got the chockies, as you said about Barrett. This win means so much to him. He was super emotional after the victory, and I'm just happy for them. Just Me too. as a club. Breaking the drought. Like, I just want to see more, though. I want to see more wins for them. We will. Well, you're talking about the most gorgeous looking coach in the NRL, Trent Bazza Barrett. This bloke. He is DDG, <laughs> drop dead gorgeous. Wow. I'm going to have to gut edit that one out. Gosh. All right. So, yeah, Sharks, they rocked up thinking they were going to win this game and cruise through, in my opinion. And after 22 minutes, you look up at the scoreboard. Fuck. We're down 18 nil against the doggies. So it just wasn't their night. It was an attitude thing for me. They completed at 66% and we move on. Go the doggies. Yep. Uh, another upset for the Raiders. Three losses in a row. Cowboys defeat the Raiders 26 to four. All right. The Canberra Raiders led this game 24 to six with 41 minutes to go. 41 minutes to go. They're up 18 and they did not score a single point in the second half. Cowboys were tough and gritty, completed at nearly 70%, and they get their third victory in a row now. Third victory in a row. I was here talking a bit of smack about the Cowboys, saying it's going to be a long year. They're doing this without their superstar, Jason Taumalolo. Mm. It's impressive. You can't, you can't doubt what they're doing. It's, it's not the best football, but a win's a win. It doesn't matter how you get it. That's right. And you look at the Raiders now. Ricky Stewart last week dropped some players, put some players to the bench to make a statement like, boys, we need a fire up. We need... He wanted to get a great performance out of them. And it didn't work, unfortunately. He side-rocked 24-6, and they looked a bit nervous when they were playing, like, fuck, the pressure's on. They didn't, he didn't get the response he needed, and now the Raiders lost three in a row. And I think for the Raiders, chance is a big loss. He's a huge loss. And it doesn't get any easier for the Raiders now. We'll get to our preview, but they've got South Sydney this Thursday night. Mm. Far out. So, yeah, good on the Cowboys. I didn't expect this. Neither did I. Alrighty, let's move into our Anzac Day Sunday footy. Manly defeat the West Tigers 40-6. to Tommy Turbo puts Manly on his back, and they've now won three in a row. Three in a row for Manly. Who would have thought one bloke could do this? One bloke. Here I was saying a couple of weeks ago, no, Manly need more than just Tommy Turbo. No fucking way. They need Tommy Turbo always. You did say that. And I even came out when they beat the Titans and said, if Tommy plays, they win. And I'm, I'm, my mind's blown as well. I didn't he expect this. He is remarkable. I'm, I'm happy to say we did, a, we did a post on our Instagram, at Paddy's Playbook. If you don't follow, check it out. He is the most influential player in the NRL regarding to his team and the impact he has on his team. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. You can see that since it's, he's been back. They're literally a top... The way they're playing, they're playing a top six or four side. Like, that's the quality they're playing. They're going to yeah. be in the eight if they keep rolling touch wood. No injuries. But Manly, wow, Turbo. I'm, I'm blown away, honestly. So when he's playing, they can beat anyone. So, yeah, Tiger is in a world of pain. I feel sorry for their fans. The club is run terribly. I had a rant before about, yeah, the whole match situation. I, I don't know what else to say about the West Tigers, unfortunately. Mm. I've got no answers. Let's move on. Roosters defeat the Dragons 34-10. Dragons looked like the better side for the first 25 to 30 minutes in this one. And then the Roosters clicked into gear. They just rolled through them. The Dragons' defense was terrible. Once they poked their head through all, all day, all night, the Roosters were straight through them, hot knife through butter. Thought Sam Walker was awesome. Started the game a bit rusty. You know my thoughts on him. And he made some big plays. Confidence, like 18-year-old, and he just doesn't back down. It's, it's pretty impressive what you're seeing here. 
And just a reminder to all people out there that may think that he's shit. Um, it's his fourth game in NRL. Like, shut the fuck up. Wow. Getting heated over He's that. a teenager. Honestly, Patrick and I almost broke up over the weekend. I thought Jared Warrior Hargraves <laughs> was an absolute beast. He is going to a new level, in my opinion, off the bench. Off the bench. He's nearly ran for 200 metres again. He is just on fire. Victor Radley through the middle third. Great. Can ball play. Yeah, really, his ball playing skills are insane. Really good. So I think the Dragons will be better when Ben Hunt is back. Yeah. Um, he's actually, I'm pretty sure he's picked for selection next round. Beautiful. So, so uh, another th- little topic, actually. So Anthony Griffin, the coach of the Dragons, decided to put Jack Bird into 5'8", which I loved. I yeah, he, I thought he looked great. He was good. In but the halves. you're going with, you've on the bench, you've got Adam Clune, uh out and out halfback. He's the top half that will guide your team around the park, just organize, which I don't understand. You're in the, a huge Anzac Day clash. You chuck him in. They put him in with 15 minutes to go. The score was blown out. What's he going to do there? Yeah. In my opinion, I'd be put, I would have had, I know it's all hindsight. I'm not a coach. If I went into the NRL and coached, I wouldn't get a win. Simple as that. I'm shit. But <laughs> I just don't understand why you wouldn't put him at seven. Keep Norman at six. Just, I don't know. I was, I was scratching my head over that, but. The Dragons will be better. They're a good side. They've got a good forward pack. They play tough and gritty. And when Ben Hunt's back, they'll get some more wins on the board, in my opinion. So we'll move on. Yep. Lastly, Storm defeat the Warriors 42-20. to Yeah, Melbourne are just so dominant at home. They cruise through this match. Jerome Hughes, he was on fire. I said this last year. 18 months ago, he was playing fullback. And he transitioned into the halfback position, which is arguably the mo- one of the most important positions on the field. On the paddock, he had four tries in the first half of footy. He was just incredible. Incredible. So, what a player he's turned out to be. He's continuing to do, grow and develop. I said this before on my rant. I've cooled down now, guys, so I can, <laughs> I'm leveled out. The Warriors were darted with that sin bin. I discussed it before. We're not going to dive into that. I just, yeah. Warriors, they're unfortunate with the players they're missing for injuries. I thought Young Gun, fullback, Reese Walsh, on debut, had some nice touches. Two try assists, one line break assist, five tackle breaks, two offloads. He was, he was good. So, But here's another topic, coaching decision. I'm no coach, like I said before, but you've got Roger Tuovasashek, RTS, the best fullback at the club, arguably a top five, or six, top five fullback in the NRL, let's say, right now. He's incredible. And they decide to play him on the wing. I just don't really understand that. I know you bring in a young guy in to have a sniffer first grade, which is awesome. But your season is still on the line. We're seven rounds into the NRL. The Warriors are fighting for a top eight position. Yeah, down the track, round 21, 22, 23. Their season's over. They can't make the eight. Chuck him in. Bleed some, bleed some new bloods in there. Some young bloods. Get him in there. I, I'm scratching my head at that one as well. But to RTS's credit, he's come out and said, I will change positions for other players to benefit the club in the long run. Obviously, this is his last year in NRL. Yeah. So you have to respect that. But He was probably on board for the whole decision. Who knows what goes on behind closed doors? No, 100% he came out and said he's all for that, which yeah. is great. But from a winning perspective, as a, if I'm a Warriors fan sitting here, I'm like, I want our players in the best possible position to win this game. Mm. Our season is on the line. We're seven weeks in. Let's go. Yeah. So I'll scratch my head at that. But yeah, Melbourne, too clinical. Awesome. Okay, injuries and charges for the week. Let's dive into this real quick. So Ryan Pappenhausen may not be ready for another two to three weeks from the strain on his shoulder. Uh, as Paddy touched on before, James Tedesco did fail his HIA in the first half of Sunday's game. He will enter concussion protocol 
However, it is slightly concerning that it is his third concussion in the past 10 months. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters may rest him. Is this Tedesco? Yeah. I believe he's already ruled out. Right. Based on... So the game was on Sunday. Yeah. And they play on Saturday, okay, which is six day. Time. Minimum. Yeah. This happened to Nathan Cleary during the start of the year. You have to have a seven day turnaround. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is six days. So I'm pretty sure if I'm wrong, give it to me. But I think Tedesco will be ruled out for this week. I think he will clash. too. And, you know, the Roosters have such a good culture at their club that they'll like play welfare for them is oh, number one priority. They'll amazing. rest him. Amazing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Next up. Alex Glenn from the Broncos scans revealed grade two tear to his calf. He'll be out for three to six weeks. Matty Moylan from the Sharks has a quad strain one to two weeks. And Patrick Herbert from the Gold Coast Titans has a minor calf injury. He'll be out one to three weeks. So the players that are charged this week are Jordan Pereira and Michaeli Ravalawa from the Dragons, who we touched base on before. Talakai from the Sharks and Josh Curran have been charged at... Oh. All right, so here I am saying he shouldn't get games, Josh Curran, and he's been charged. Gosh, let's see how many weeks this bloke gets. Okay, they've all been charged, those players. I hope he doesn't miss a game because people's ears are going to be blown off in the podcast next week if that's the case. Yeah, they've all been hit with some weeks on the sideline. He might so. just cop a fine, hopefully. Everyone tune in for the judiciary tonight, Tuesday. We'll make a post on at Paddy's Playbook on Instagram. Alrighty, so Sammy J's Player of the Week is, drumroll please, Brian To'o from the Penrith Panthers. This bloke is fucking insane. Who honestly wakes up and thinks, oh, I'm going to run 336 meters? Wow. That's... Nathan Peets made a funny comment. (laughs) 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 There was a post that was made about Brian To'o and his stats for this game. And he commented saying that that was his career stats. And I was actually fucking dying. Like, honestly, 336 running meters, 127 post-contact meters, and a try. Like, he almost broke his fucking back whilst trying to do this try. Like, he's just all for it for the boys. A little somersault. I'm all for him. I love him. He's the best winger in the comp at present. Inform winger. I think he'll be wearing that State of Origin jersey. Um, great pick. Great pick. I think we're probably going to be sitting here in a month or two, or maybe after Origin, in an intense game where he actually <laughs> scores a few breakaway tries, and he's going to be running over 400 meters a game. It's ridiculous. That's a great pick, Sammy. All right. My player of the week. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Tommy Trevojevic. Turbo is officially the biggest dominant dick slinger in the NRL right now. (laughs) He is the most influential player in the NRL. He has the biggest impact on his club. He single-handedly shredded the West Tigers. Single-handedly. One try, two line breaks, two try assists, one line break assist, five tackle breaks. He runs for over 210 metres. Insane. He does all this in 63 minutes. Big Desi has us like, mate, bring the Ferrari off, lock him in the garage, let's get him ready at Bathurst against the Panthers <laughs> next week. Oh, I'm nervy. <laughs> and I've said it, Manly can beat anyone with this bloke on the field. He's incredible. Yeah. This is their first test, Manly. This is their first official test. Yeah. This is their first official test against the reigning minor premiers in Bathurst, Penrith Panthers unbeaten, Tommy Turbo, get in the Ferrari, let's go. I honestly can't wait. And I hope he has a great game just to prove how valuable he is. This will be a great clash. And This could actually be Penrith's first loss for the year. I'm not going to be surprised. We're going to get to our preview in a second, but this is going to be in a mouth-watering matchup. I can't wait. So my player of the week, once again, 
He's going to be wearing the sky blue jersey for the New South Wales Blues. Last week, I said, settle down on that, but I've, the hype's there. I've, I've been taken away. I'm breathless. Tommy Turbo will be playing for the New South Wales Blues. Two weeks in a row for you. You just can't. That's record-breaking. We have a record-breaking situation <laughs> at head, headquarters at Paddy's Playbook. Two weeks in a row. He's just dominant. He just controls the match. He's yeah. so dominant. So no, he deserves it. Let's move on to our preview. Okay, cool. Um, Thursday night, we have the Raiders at home take on the Rabbitohs. I've tipped the Rabbitohs. Um, but look, I is Chance back? We'll have to wait for team list. I believe not yet. He might be, but... I if believe... Chance is not back, I'm tipping the Bunnies. I'm tipping the Bunnies anyway, but I feel like, you know, they're, they're not going to want to fucking lose four weeks in a row. They're going to need to play their best mm. football in this game. Couldn't agree more. So I'm, I'm on the same boat. I've tipped South Sydney. Obviously, they're still without Latrell Mitchell. But this is a game. When you get that stigma running through the body like I do right now, I've got the goosebumps, and this is a clash <laughs> of the week. I honestly think I've got this feeling, the Canberra Raiders. I don't know why. I hope so. I just feel like at home, Richie Stewart will have this team humming. They are going to be revved up. And that was it two years ago the Raiders made the grand final. Yeah, against the Roosters. And they beat South Sydney in the prelim. So there's mm. a bit of history there. This match will have it all. I'm expecting fireworks. I'm tipping South Sydney just based on form and the Raiders have been dismal, unfortunately. But I've got a feeling, ladies and gentlemen, the Canberra Raiders are in for a big one. First Friday night game, Storm at home v the Sharks. I think the Storm will win this game and I have confidently tipped them. Yeah, I've tipped the Storm as well. I think like most people, Cronulla Sharks with the coaching saga, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a long year for them. Even without Pappen Hughes and the Storm should cruise through this. Yeah, I think so too. Again on Friday, Broncos at home. Take on the Gold Coast Titans. I have tipped the Titans confidently also. I've tipped the Titans as well. They're obviously going on a bounce back after last week. Brisbane and all sorts. But this has the potential to be a really good clash. Yeah. A really good clash. You know, the, the Queensland rivalry. They're 40 minutes up the highway from one another. Gold Coast and Brisbane. So I've tipped Titans, but it should be a really engaging, fun clash. First game on Super Saturday. We just discussed this earlier. Panthers take on the Sea Eagles out in Bathurst. Oh, God, I'm nervy. Obviously, I've tipped Penrith. I'm biased. I fucking love the Penrith Panthers, but I feel, I'm feel i feeling their first loss for the year just due to Tommy Turbo. Wow, I don't like that negativity. I'm tipping them. I would never not tip them. I'm tipping Penrith, but you're right. There is This is the real clash for Manly. This is their first big question mark with Turbo back. Yeah. And if they get through Penrith and Turbo sets the world on fire and I'm sitting here saying he's my player of the week again, <laughs> then... The manly questions start to occur. Yeah. Is this a premiership threat? But we'll tip Penrith. We'll see how that clash goes. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Alrighty. Uh, second game on Saturday, the Doggies take on the Eels. I have tipped the Eels. I would love to see the Bulldogs win. I've tipped the Eels as well. If the Eels aren't on their game though, and the Doggies can perform like they did on the weekend, we could have a serious clash. Yeah. You know, the Doggies are going to grind it out for 80. They're complete. They've got that little bit of confidence now. Yep. And this, the clubs, the Bulldogs and Eels have a really rich history with one another. So I'm tipping Eels like most people, but I can see a close clash occurring. Last game for Super Saturday, the Knights take on the Roosters. I have tipped the Roosters, but with James Tedesco potentially being ruled out. Oh. Joey Manu looked really good at fullback though. So I'm He's not going to... player. Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm going to tip the Roosters. I'm not going to say that they're not going to win. I'm coming out guns blazing confident as hell. If James Tedesco does not play for the Sydney Roosters this week, I am tipping the Newcastle Knights. Really? I think they come out revved up. I thought they were fantastic against Penrith last week and they lost. 
They were gritty. They didn't back down. And I can honestly see them at home, McDonald Jones Stadium full to the brim, Knights fans going wild. Ponga at the back, shredding it. The Ford packs match up nicely. Yeah. Knights have a really nice back row. Fazell, Barnett, Connor Watson in the middle. Oh, my God. What a man. This is a clash. This could, I've said, I think this is the third game I've said this week where it's game of the round. Okay. But. We do have a good round coming up. This is really good. You look at it, Canberra versus Rabbitohs, fantastic. Penrith versus Manly, fantastic. And Knights Roosters, wow. So, Tedesco doesn't play. I'm tipping the Knights. Alrighty. I don't think he will be playing. Okay, first game on Sunday, we have the Warriors take on the Cowboys. This one, I'm actually not too sure about. This could potentially be a tip change for me. Oh, I've tipped the Warriors, but, you know, Cowboys, three in a row. Mm. They want to keep that coming. They're building momentum nicely. I've tipped the Warriors as well, purely based at home. They're going to want to bounce back. Mm. They should get the job done, but... We'll see. Anything's anything's possible. Exactly. And lastly, for our... Sunday game for round eight, we have the Dragons take on the West Tigers. I've tipped the Dragons. I'm calling bullshit on the Tigers right now. They're wooden spoon material at this point in time. I've tipped the Dragons as well. If Ben Hunt plays, they can really turn it on. But the Tigers are a type of team that will lose games they're meant to. Like they got smoked on the weekend. But then the week before, they turn it up against the Bunnies. Mm. They can easily turn it up a gear and they're in these clashes. So... I think this is going to be a lot closer game than a lot of people expect. So I'm tipping Where's the Dragons. consistency, though? Where's the consistency? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, one week against a topside team, it's a one-point sort of thing. Yeah. And then blow out the week later. 100%. There's been games over the years. I remember they beat the Sydney Roosters when the Roosters were red hot with Cooper Cronk and stuff in the first round. They've gone down to Melbourne and beat Melbourne when Ivan Cleary was coaching them. The West Tigers are the team that lose games they shouldn't, and when the big clash comes, they love it. They beat some of the top sides. So mm. they're literally... You don't know. When you're tipping with the West Tigers involved, you just close your eyes and hope. <laughs> hope for the best. So that's our podcast episode done and dusted. Good luck with your tipping, Sammy J. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed that one. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playable. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playable. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.